This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Welcome, welcome to Voice of Change with myself, Lauren Jacobs. You're here, Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. And you know what? We're going to have a great time together today. Because what I was reflecting on during the month of May is has been all about literacy. And I've been sitting reflecting on, you know, Literacy Day and the literacy summits that we have coming up. And, you know, International English Day, which we had just the other week. And we've also had International Day of the Book. And it's always been about reading and literacy and going for it, you know, and, and how we are impacting our children when it comes to literacy. But when we've also spoken about literacy, we've also seen some sobering statistics, which have been quite difficult to see. You know, things like 74% of grade fours can't read fluently and can't read and can't understand. So it's one thing to be able to read. It's another thing to be able to understand. But many of our children are not able to read, so they can't understand what they're even looking at. And that obviously makes learning more difficult. It makes understanding the world more difficult. And it makes education something that just begins to slip through their fingers. But we also know that a huge part of literacy isn't just, you know, learning how to read or learning how to understand, but it's also about learning about ourselves, learning who we are, seeing ourselves in the books that we read. And I know growing up that books really, really framed things that I thought about. They really, really framed my identity and the dreams that I had for myself. And when we are taught to read and we see the beauty in these different stories, we do find parts of ourselves. But sometimes when we talk about literacy these days, when we talk about books and reading, we are hearing a lot of talk around why we need diverse characters in books, why we need books that are also in our indigenous languages. I mean, South Africa has all of these national languages and yet we don't have many books that are you know out there for children specifically in indigenous languages and also books that contain vast majorities of different characters characters where children can see themselves represented and identified and that is why today we're going to have a great show because we're going to be talking about a diverse reading why it's so important for our children to be seeing themselves and seeing other people in books that also look like them but sometimes don't look like them so that we can foster connection and understanding so i'm going to be joined by someone who is to me an incredible heroine and that is best-selling children's author Rafilo malodi and she is such an incredible example of what it means to really take your own journeys to write children's books and she's going to be sharing some of her journey with us today on the show and why it is so important to write children's books that are both diverse and that are also being written in indigenous languages. Rufilu has written so many books like How to Say Goodbye. So we learn all these different ways to say goodbye in different languages of South Africa. How to say hello. Again, learning all these different things. And then also books in indigenous languages. And then also books that foster Ubuntu, the spirit of oneness. We Are One is that book that really stuck out to me. It's so beautiful. Maybe you've seen it in the bookstore. So Rufilu is going to be joining me today on the show. And then also later 
later on on the show, I have Kumo. Kumo is one of these five moms that founded a specialized children's book store, which focuses on diversity called Ethnic Kids. And it focuses on bringing to life characters in these books that are all about diversity, children's books that teach us about other people and teach us about ourselves. So Kumo is one of these five moms that founded this incredible bookstore that is just, you know what, creating a platform for authors and writers and illustrators to share their work. And so it's going to be such a great show. We're going to be talking about, yes, literacy, diversity, and why it matters. So Rufilo is with me after this. Rafilo Mohalodi, I hope that I pronounced it right this time. So good to have you on the show today on Voice of Change. Thank you so much for being here and welcome to this time that we're going to have together. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, Rafilo, you know, when I was thinking about this interview that we were going to do and I want to talk to you about so many things and, of course, your incredible books that you have been writing, your children's books are amazing. One of the books that really stuck out for me, and I think it was because the illustrations were just so beautiful, was your book called We Are One. And it is just so beautiful. And when I was looking at a write-up of the book, there was this beautiful little write-up and it said, we may look different you and I sound different, act different, eat different food and live in different places. But when I look into your eyes, I see myself. And I think that that is just so powerful. I think it encapsulates a lot of things that you've written and done. But tell us a bit about your book, We Are One. I know that if you go to a bookshop now, you'll probably see if anyone who's listening, the book up there. I love, love, love the color illustrations. And so tell us a bit about We Are One. I know this is one of your books. But this, just the sense of this connectedness, this message that you're bringing out in this book that we actually have this Ubuntu and we have this connection. And it's like when I look into your eyes, I see myself. And that's almost this unity that we can create in our children. What really led you to write this book? Was it just this message you wanted to bring? Was it just something that happened to you personally? Where was the inspiration? So, you know... Um this book is a lot of people's books and I must say, so my, um, my publisher, um, it was 2019. So how many years ago is that? Two years ago now. Hmm. Um, they, they got someone to come in particularly for children's publishing, which was really exciting just to have that kind of dedicated person with all the experience. Her name is Mimi Duplessis. And when we met, when we met, um, we kind of had a chat I shared my background and I shared some of the stories that I'd like to to have published out there in, in the world. And she shared her background and what she would like to have out there in the world, right? Um, you know, we, we, we kind of think a lot about the author and their message. But, you know, mm. the people that work behind the scenes, <laughs> mm. they all... So um, have certain messages that they like to work on. So we kind of did that and, and found common ground, something that we can start with together. And where our common ground was, was a book about kindness. So mm. I had already kind of written something about kindness, and she had always wanted to write a book about kindness. So from that initial meeting we had, we, we kind of said, okay, cool. So maybe that's the first one that we, we do together. Um, so I kind of went off after that uh, meeting, very inspired about, you know, the relationship moving forward and the books that will come out and, mm. and, and what I'll do about this book on kindness. 
Um, and this was just before I had I had taken a trip to the U.S. It was a writer's workshop that I was going to. Um, and I was at a time in my life where I was really very introspective. It was a very introspective space for me, right? Who am I? Those are some of the questions I was asking mm. myself. Who am I? And what is my impact on others? Um, so, so being in this introspective space, um, I went on this trip. And on that trip, it was a really great workshop um, with an organization called Highlights Foundation. They focus on creating workshops for children's authors, um, which is really cool, and illustrators. Mm -hmm. So from that workshop, I have an uncle of mine that lives in, in the U.S., and I was having this conversation with him, you know, kind of where I'm at in my life and the journey I'm taking. And and there's this book that I want to write about kindness. Um, and from there, he was like, wow, you know what, Rafilo, imagine if you were actually to look at kindness from the point of view of Ubuntu. Hmm. Has anyone ever written about that, you know? Um, and it sparked something in me. I was just like, whoa, that hmm. absolutely makes sense, you know? Um to look at our rich history as Africans, right? And mm. how um, how we relate. And kindness is, is, a, is, a, is a, maybe a, a word that is um, more widely understood. But that's what Ubuntu is about. It, mm. is, it is, kindness is an extension of Ubuntu. Um, and that's where I kind of brought the two together. Um, and so when I came back, I worked on that. It was honestly one of the most um, peaceful pieces of writing I did. It was very inspired. Um, and I guess because I took my time, I let it kind of simmer. Hmm. It was a, maybe a few months a few months after I first met with my publisher. And yeah, when I, when I sent it to her, she really didn't have much changes, you know? Because you know, as an author, yeah. you have this. Yeah. Have this, oh, I hope it's okay. <laughs> the publisher will always have their comments and stuff. She really didn't have much to change. Um, mm. So it resonated with her. Um, so it's, yeah, that's, that's where the story came from. So it's a, it's, a, it's a journey of kindness, a personal one, very much a personal one, because these were some of the questions I was asking myself. Mm. Um, and then on the publisher's side, it was her journey as well. And I think the the amount of soul that mm. the illustrator put into that book, I just have a feeling that it was definitely her journey as well. Mm. I mean, she really gave her all. I was blown away by her illustrations. Um, so I think it really came from a place, a, uh, yeah, a deep place from all the people that were involved. Another mm. project collaboration, um, and it came out so beautifully. Mm. Something. Of, yeah. It really, really did. And I think that when one even just looks at the cover, you just are mesmerized by the book because, like you said, this makes a lot more sense. You know, everybody was almost on a journey with this book and just pouring out their entire being into this. It's so incredible. It is such a beautiful book and I love it. But of course, we know that, you know, you've done so many other books as well. And what really inspired you to get involved with writing children's books? You know, that is a very, obviously, every writer has their unique journey and has their unique style and sense of where they want to be how did you get into writing children's books that must have been a, quite something for you as well 
Yeah, and also quite personal, right? So we see a trend here. Mm. <laughs> um, that 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 came from something I'd just been aware of for some time, you know, witnessing, I mean, before we started our interview, we had a chat about languages. Mm. So witnessing my my nieces, my brother's kids, the the change that happened in their lives. So when they were at home, um, before they started school, you know, they were speaking their mother tongue and at least much more. Um, and then when they started now, you know, it's an English medium school. Um, they spoke less of their mother tongue and they're speaking more English now, yeah. you know. And and for me, I felt like, okay, there's a, if the child is no longer speaking her mother tongue, um, if if now it's it's English at school, it's English that she sees on TV, it's, you know, so there's a losing of the language. When you don't use a language, you lose it. That's yeah. what happened. Um, so I, I, so that's what happened on on that end, and I was concerned about it. You know, like how do we um, alleviate or mitigate is the proper word. This, you know. Mm. So our children don't lose connection to to who they are. So that was it on one end. And then on the other end, um, again, I was just having this conversation with an aunt of mine. And she uh, she's a retired lecturer. And she, she shared with me how she, because she knows six of the languages, yes, six mm. of the official 11 languages, um, what she would do, um, she, because she knew that um, students come from all over the country, what she would say at the beginning of her class is, you know, I I have to in- instruct in English. However, if there's anything that you didn't understand, I speak six of the 11 languages. Mm. At the end of the class, if there's something you didn't understand, come to me. Chances are I'll be able to explain it in your language, wow. right? Yeah. And I was blown away by that. How amazing. <laughs> You see, that's a, that's yeah. a teacher, educator, you know. she Her her interest is for you to understand. Mm. So um, I was blown away by that. And I was kind of like, ooh, it, it sparked something in me again. I was just like, you know, at the very least, we should be able, all South Africans, not just kids, mm. we should all be able to greet each other mm. um, in, in each other's mother tongue. Right. I mean, yes, to to almost expect. I mean, she's quite special to know six of the 11 yeah. and to expect that may not be practical of everyone. But at least to say hello, mm. to greet some, that initial conversation. And that's where the idea for how many ways can you say hello came from, which is my first book. Yeah. Um, which child who gets, you know, travels the country and learns all the ways to say hello in the official languages. And the and the inspiration there was going back to my nieces where when they step into an environment like school and you get um, a diverse class and we all come from different places and we speak different languages, I wanted to create a story where they feel encouraged to share that, to share their background, to share their language with each other. Um, because I suppose the English becomes common ground, yeah. right? Um, so really, this book is about, in addition to the English, let's share all the other languages that are available in our country. That's mm. with hello. Mm. So um, from there, it was really, that was the initial um, um, passion and inspiration behind it. Um, but of course, I then became interested in writing for children what does that look like yeah. you know um, 
I then studied it. I, I had done a writing course and um, um, Nia Bote, who was so amazing on it, she, she kind of left us her contacts. She continued to, to coach me through it. Like she gave me children's authors to study and she looked through my work. You know, I, I got the guidance. And as I was doing that, I read so many children's books mm-hmm. and fell in love with the genre. I, I think it was just realizing the, the depth of, of story that is shared mm-hmm. in children's books with with limited words, right? Yeah. Like you need to get to the point in mm-hmm. a beautiful way and in a succinct way. So I actually found it a, a rare art, a beautiful art. I studied it and from there it felt right. Something just clicked. I just felt like, wow, this was always the writing I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I was always in, interested in writing, but I think writing for children added a sense of purpose behind it. Hmm. Wow, that's so beautiful because we don't often hear the journey of an author. And I love what you said as well about children's book writing is actually an art. Sometimes people think, well, you're only using very few words. So it's obviously very quick and you can obviously do it very quickly. And, you know, you don't need much. It's such a depth of an art, you know, and exactly like you said, you're telling something with only a few words. You're getting right to the point to be able to do that skillfully in communicating deep messages even though they might seem simple is an absolute art and something like you said you know studying this out studying you know and reading so many children's books it is a magical genre almost I think that even as adults you know when we read children's books there's always messages that are there there's always lessons that one can learn and I think that even as adults we should read and digest a lot of children's books because they are not only just magic and help us almost reconnect with parts of ourselves but again like you said it's just there's messages in there and there's things that we can learn and that we can put into place that we can just receive and how beautiful it is that this is a genre that really was chosen for you yeah i it came together beautifully it kind you know like that that aha moment of ah Mm. it was always supposed to be like that that's that's kind of how it's turned out to be Mm. my groove yeah that's so cool in in the groove you know i was also thinking you know um and and this is a question actually that i want to ask you how important is it for you know children to identify themselves within a story you know oftentimes we do read children's books or people write children's books and you know there's many different elements to it but from your perspective as as a writer, you know, is it important for children to really identify themselves or any kind of child, individual child or group of children in a particular story or even in a character or even within the theme? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as human beings, we experience the world through stories. Um, and then as children, so much more, right? Mm. Um, and at that level, it's, it's really that discernment is not as developed, right? Um, so it's like children, children will become what they're exposed to. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I'm 33 years old right now and, and I'm now deeply on a journey of who am I and what is my impact on the world at Mm. 33. So imagine if then in creating this content, right, um, for children at a young age, Imagine if at a young age, I'm already identifying who I am. Mm. So I don't look to the outside world to tell me who I should be or X, Y, Z, right? I, 
I already resonate with certain elements like kindness and Ubuntu. It's, it, it's, it's, um, it's creating the roots of the child. Mm. Um, and that's why, like I said, what you expose your child to becomes their world, right? Yeah. So what kind of child um, or, you know, and, or what kind of adult will grow out of that child who is already at a young age exposed to to truths, mm. um, to beautiful truths, and and again knowing who they are, identifying themselves in the stories, and at that age, the resonance will be higher mm. because they're already purely at at at, an, at a stage of pure love, right? That's children, yeah, pure love pure joy, pure play. So they are almost already, they, they're ready and willing to receive this kind of information. You know, they are already inherently kind beings. Hmm. Um, whatever is comes that's contradictory to that comes afterwards. It comes yeah. as whatever they're exposed to. However, if you present these concepts to them about love, about kindness, about how you treat other people at an early age, and the thing is, the book is one thing, right? The book yeah. is a tool. Um, the idea is that the book, the tool, then becomes um, an, a, a way to open up conversation and to open up behavior at home. Yeah. Because reading it is one thing, but seeing through the mm. actions of the people around you is another um, and that's how children learn mm. um, so really these books it's 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 the intention is to provide tools for um, not only the children but the parents as well mm. as you said to reconnect to their own inner child mm. um, in addition to the child that they have Hmm. And now earlier on, you also spoke about how many ways can you say hello? And you've written now, how many ways can you say goodbye? And that hmm. is actually really powerful. So was the journey very much the same with the hello book, uh, with the goodbye book? Were they kind of very similar journeys? Did it have kind of same thought patterns because this is actually beautiful because we're talking about identity but we're also talking about you know what we are learning what we're teaching our children what we will learn as children and imagine now if we can be able to like you shared with us earlier you know say hello from a very young age in different languages when we don't feel you know kind of scared or ashamed sometimes to try out our different language with someone you know sometimes we feel that way like oh I can kind of speak that language, but I'm not going to because I feel scared. Whereas children don't feel that way. So if they are learning how to say hello and goodbye and all these other realities, then they will kind of put that inside themselves and use it. So I love this. How many ways can you say goodbye? Because it's so powerful. Was that very similar to the journey with your hello book? So, yeah, and, and they, it, 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 was, it was its own journey, yes. So the the there's almost like a bigger message, right? As I mentioned about the books being a tool. Hello and the, and the whole idea of learning the different languages. At its core, it's about respect, mm. right? It's about respecting uh, um, self um, and also respecting another. Mm. You know, there's so many layers to that. 
does it mean when I actually greet someone in their mother tongue? I'm also taking the effort to get to know them. So, and we, we kind of unpack this. When I do the readings, we unpack these different things. Again, going back to that question, who am I and what is the impact that I have? Right. Mm. And then goodbye is now an extension. And I must tell you, it took four years for goodbye to get off the ground. Four years. There has been. So this version that now is in the stores is the third version. (laughs) And really, I think I'm able now to almost see the bigger picture of it. Um, But as as creators of works, as the author of the story, um, what it has what has become clear for me is I also need to walk the journey before mm-hmm. I can actually talk about it in its mm-hmm. fullness, right? So I had the idea of goodbye and, and the intention behind it. You know, it was kind of clear to me within that first year that hello came back. I kind of got the message of, okay, goodbye is next and this is what it will be about, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just that. It's it's just the idea. I wrote the first version and it just wasn't working for many reasons. Hmm. And I kept trying, kept trying, and I kept trying. And eventually it was, again, once I walked my own journey of saying goodbye. Hmm. And this is not, not obviously just learning it in different languages, but yeah. really, uh, you know, dealing with what it means to say goodbye. The, the sadness that comes from it, expressing that sadness because it's actually really important yeah. to express the sadness, whatever feeling comes up in that moment, to mourn, um, you know, the, mm. whatever you're saying goodbye to. And once you actually allow yourself to feel that emotion, then the acceptance comes, right? The acceptance comes yeah. and then you're able to then... Um, I wrote something yesterday about goodbye being a door. You're able to then open the door to what comes next because something does come next. There is something um, at the end of goodbye, you know, yeah. on the other side of good. Um, so it's it's not an end, you mm. know. Um, but that is quite a journey, and I, honestly, I took quite a profound journey back to my hometown. So I moved from Mtata when I was ten years old. My mom passed away, um, so I moved from Mtat in the Eastern Cape, moved to Joburg to live with my aunt and uncle who, who adopted my brother and I. So the goodbye for me was going back to my hometown and because it was there were so many things that happened, right? Mm. Uh, my mom passed away, I moved schools, I moved towns. There was a lot of change in a very short space of time. Um, and just not enough processing of that. Hmm. And it's really, it was once I took that journey, and the biggest thing really for me was the school. It was like a focal point of the goodbye. Hmm. Um, and it took me going back to Mtata to rest, because I used to stay in boarding school, um, to realize that, you know, that school was such a safe haven for me. It was so close hmm. to my heart, particularly the child that was right um so i had to go back to my school and really walk those streets go back to the boarding school relive those memories and Mm. and say a proper goodbye Mm. um so and that was a journey i took in september last year and since then it has been so so freeing Mm. 
in words that sometimes fail me, how freeing it is. Mm. And I think, you know, speaking to other people, I think others also have these incidents from a young age that there were kind of significant events, right? And, yeah. And things do happen. Things kind of move quickly, but it's so important to go back to that child, that experience, whatever it is they experienced, and, and to sit with that. Yeah. Um, and to recognize the sadness, whatever uh, emotion comes up, and then to, to actually say goodbye, you know, mm-hmm. to let go consciously, to consciously um, let go of that experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. To, it was, a goodbye really was its own journey as well. That's incredible. <laughs> I think it's incredible because each book has a journey almost. And I think that this is so powerful. And Rafila, I want to say thank you so much, not only for being here with me today, because I've heard so much from you and being able to have so much more context now when I read your books, but also just for what you've been sharing with us as well. And for these beautiful books that you've birthed into the world and I believe obviously that there'll be so many more that we'll be able to really really look at and feel the kind of I'll make up a word specialness of it and I want to say thank you so much for being here and may you just be so richly blessed in this journey and thank you for sharing with us today thank you so much thank you that was awesome Kumo from Ethnic Kids, so good to have you with me at the beginning of the show. I was telling everybody we're going to have these amazing guests on the show today. And so I'm so excited to have you with us. So welcome, firstly, to Voice of Change today. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for having me. Now, I would love to know, I mean, five of you ladies started Ethnic Kids And it has been so incredible. Obviously, for me, I've been following your journey on, you know, social media and everything like that. But for those of the listeners who don't really know what Ethnic Kids is about, tell us all about what you ladies are doing. Oh, so Ethnic Kids is an online bookstore. And as you mentioned, it was founded by five of us. Um, We all mothers and avid readers. But five years ago, when we all started having children, we found that in the mainstream bookstores, we couldn't find books that catered to us in our languages and also were representative in terms of the characters. And we wanted to find out whether books that have characters that look like our children exist And we started a mission just for ourselves to check whether they did. And we found um, quite a nice catalog that we were able to build. And from there, we decided, why don't we um, make this a business and make it available to others? And then we started out as a subscription-based service just for friends and families, and then eventually morphed into an online bookstore, which allows people to have their own personalization and choose the books that they want to choose instead of us being prescriptive. So that's how the whole business started. Mm, that's so incredible what you are saying, because this is really about having inclusive and diverse children's books, which I think that for many people, they don't really think about, you know, we don't really often think about that. You know, what does it mean to have inclusive books and diverse books? And like you said, books in your own languages and also books that represent your children, that they can identify themselves in the characters. When you started going into that five years ago, did you find it was quite difficult, you know, here in South Africa to find books like that? Initially, and it's not because the creatives aren't creating the books, it's just that there was a lack of commercial support in the mainstream for this type of material, which is puzzling given that we actually live in Africa Mm. and we have one of the 
most diverse populations on the continent. So um, the books do exist. It was a challenge initially, but the more you get into it, the more that you learn. The authors started referring each other to us and um, the publishers started referring each other to us. And then from there, we were able to get to know more about what was available. Hmm. And this I see a lot happening, you know, speaking to Rafilo earlier about her books, many of her books, you know, We Are One or, you know, the ways to say goodbye, the ways to say hello. And just hearing her journey as well is just so connecting with what you're sharing with us today. And it's it's incredible because we are seeing over the last few years specifically a lot more interest in diverse books and a lot more commercial publishers actually getting involved in this. And we should, you know, it's so important. And so exactly, so if somebody goes onto your website, what can they expect? You know, is it all these diverse books and they can just choose what they want, purchase what they want and it gets delivered to them? How does it work? So what we've tried to do is to make it as easy as possible because it is quite a wide catalog. So when you visit the website ethnicids.africa, we've categorized everything into language or books by age, which is recommended reading age, or books by interest. So if you're interested in books about affirmation or books about history or comic books, we've just made it um, into different categories so that it's easier for you to search for what you're interested in. And we initially started catering for children from the age of zero right up to 11. But we've now recently extended that all the way up to teens. So that's been an exciting um, progression for us. Mm. And you yourself say that you are an avid reader, which is really, really cool because as adults, I think we need to be avid readers. And what, you know, what have you discovered when you have, you know, seen diverse books and This has been increasing, as we've said, we are having more diverse books, books in different languages, which is so, so important, especially for us as a, you know, diverse culture and a nation, we can learn to say hello, we can say goodbye, we can see ourselves in these characters, so many people can. Have you found that this has made a huge impact in children's lives, to be able to see themselves and identify themselves in a character, in a book, how important is that, you know, you yourself are a mom, but also I'm sure you've heard many, many stories from other moms. How important is that for our children? It's incredibly crucial. And um, that's why there's so many movements that have started uh, around diversity in, in children's books, because when children are developing and developing their sense of self and their identity, if they don't see themselves positively represented in what they consume, the media around them, it can have a negative impact on how they view themselves. So it's very important that we present our children with positive um, role models, positive heroes, so that they know that they matter and who they are and people that look like them matters, so much so that they are in a book. Um, the, The reverse of that is very damaging, where there is a singular narrative in the world that doesn't show um, the world as it actually is. So, for example, in America, I think less than 7% of books um, feature African people. Mm -hmm. There are no stats for South Africa, but I would guess that the stats are more or less the same in that only 2% of books made for leisurely reading are in indigenous languages. And that's clearly out of skew Mm -hmm. with the country's population dynamics and can be very damaging to children and also difficult to get them to be interested in something that makes it look like it's not for them. Do you think that some of the problems around this is that maybe commercial publishers sometimes are very interested in what sells? You know, they want to 
publish something that that sells and then people can buy this thing because it's been selling for you know this is our normal strategy these books do sell so we're just going to continue doing the same thing whereas if they take a risk on something else it might be more difficult do you think that it's got to start like really from the top because like you said earlier on creatives i know so specifically so many authors that are writing in this area that this area of diversity and yet to sometimes get publishers on board seems to be quite tough because it's almost as though they're a little bit nervous to take a risk do you think that that's part of the problem or you know it does it have to start from the top with them Yes, it's definitely part of the problem. And I mean, you'll be aware South Africa's got such difficult dynamics (laughs) in that um, even socioeconomically, um, a lot of publishers initially did not see the commercial value of catering to people of color because we didn't have the means to purchase the books. Um, But it's really important because literacy is the foundation for everything, for academic success, for social progression. So we, we can't just accept that it's the norm that a huge populace is left out of the story. Um, It's important that we get our children reading and the stats for literacy in South Africa are actually shocking. 78% of grade four children in South Africa can't read for meaning in any language and we can't be comfortable with such a situation. We have to look beyond the commercial value and see it as a social imperative. I love what you're talking about now because we're also talking about literacy, which is so important. And I know for myself, when I first published a book back in 2016, I wrote it in English and my publisher asked me if they could translate it into Afrikaans and only sell it in Afrikaans because Afrikaans sells very well. And I said, well, I can't actually read Afrikaans. (laughs) So there's no point in me having my book published just in Afrikaans, I can't read it. You know, as a as an author, I can't read my own work. And so we had this very important conversation about what sells and what's not selling. And that also for creative is very difficult to hear because you're thinking, you know, even if you write in your mother tongue, which is maybe one of our indigenous languages, we have 11 official languages. We should be, I'm completely, completely agree that we should be publishing books in all of these languages, you know, and we shouldn't yeah. be leaving anyone out. And yet that is a challenge, I think, that we can issue today through this conversation to our publishers, to people who are marketing you know, to kind of begin to really, really think outside the box and change these literacy statistics, but also statistics of what is being published. And so I think that this is so important and the work that you ladies are doing is so incredibly important. What is the vision that you that you have for, you know, 2021 with ethnic kids? Is it something that you just want to keep expanding, keep on doing? You know, ethnic kids, I know, because I follow on social media, is a huge light in this area. You ladies are really, really shining the light and encouraging people, specifically people who want to write stories that are fitting into diversity. And so what is the vision that you have going forward? Do you want to just keep on going, keep on building? Or, you know, is there some bigger visions that are coming? Well, yeah, a big part of it is to just keep on going. I think we live in very uncertain times. And 2020 taught us that, that um, things can change in a moment. (laughs) So um, it's just about growing. And our main purpose is to instill a love of reading in children. So if we can just change our culture, 
um, around perceptions when it comes to reading. If we can get children to fall in love with reading and to read for leisure from a young age, that's all that we really want to achieve. Um, and we will try to do that in as many ways as possible. So we obviously do that through our bookstore and supporting local creatives and making sure they have access to markets. Um, we're also looking at getting into publishing. So um, giving um Authors are an opportunity to produce material as well. And eventually we would also like to move into the digital space as well because representation is needed there um, in that world as well. It's important to find positive protagonists of color when children are searching through YouTube and all these other apps and games and what have you. So that's what we would like to do, just to have our children be affirmed and really instill that love of reading in mm. them. Oh, that's so beautiful. You know, I was actually just thinking of a story my friend was telling me last week. She said that there was some game, video game that she was playing with her daughter, you know, I think about a year ago when her daughter was nine, they were playing this video game and, you know, it, it was, they were really enjoying this video game and they stopped playing for a while. Now, a year later, daughters wanted to play the video game again, you know, and, and as a young colored girl, she was like, put the video game on and she was like, mommy, why are there five white kids and there's only two young girls in this game that look like me? And she was yeah. like, wow, you know, my daughter's 10 now. And she's recognizing that already. Um, so our yeah. children need this as well. Our children want this. Our children are looking for this representation. They want to see themselves as well. And I think that it's not just us as adults that are wanting to give that. Our children are wanting this as well. Yes, and it's not only children of color that need to see representative characters. Um, psychologists call it the mirror effect. So for children to see themselves in uh, material as positive, but there's also what they call the window effect. So if other cultures can learn about other cultures through seeing them represented in movies and books in games, then it builds a world of greater understanding and tolerance for one another. Um, so it's, it's needed for all people um, to have diversity in the media that we consume. Mm, amen to that. I want to say, Kumo, thank you so much for being with me today. And just lastly, if anyone wants to jump onto your website and look at the books that you have got there and maybe want to purchase, what is that address? Thank you, Lauren. The address is www.ethnikids.africa. Thank you so much, Kumo. And to all the listeners, you can jump on that website, go and have a look at the incredible books. So, so many books and so beautiful. And I know that you're going to find something interesting in there. Kumo, thank you so much and all the best to you and to all the other ladies involved that are doing such incredible work at Ethnic Kids. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for the opportunity. I don't think I'm ever going to forget what Kumo just shared with us about the mirror effect of books as well as the window effect. And I think it's so special to realize that when we as parents spend time with our children reading to them, we foster this love of learning and of understanding and of reading, but we also foster a connection, a connection that a child can have with someone later on in life. They'll meet a friend that maybe looks different than them or speaks a different language, or vice versa. You know, this is happening everywhere. People of different countries visit our country and sometimes they end up staying and they can speak different languages they can look different our kid can speak a different language and look different but it's fostering this connection when we teach our children about love and con connection ubuntu that spirit of ubuntu that Rufilo referred to earlier on you know we can do that all through what we read to them and how special is this just to consider that powerful powerful are the books that we read to our children and so i really encourage you today to find diverse books and include them in in your reading with your children and you know what it has been so good to really have this conversation with 
Rafiru and Kumo, two people who are doing incredible work in this world. And I'm so grateful for them today. I also want to say to you that, you know, last week on the show, I had Janine Horn and I got so much feedback from that show saying to me that it was so beautiful to hear a woman speaking about women's finances and what we can do to take control of our finances, where we can invest, what we can be doing. So do not forget that you can go on over and listen to that podcast. If you missed the show, you haven't missed out because you can go on over to Cape Pulpit, our website, kpulpit.co.za, click on the link that says podcast, go on down to Voice of Change and you will find last week's podcast with Janine Horn about women's finances on there. And not only that, but the shows that have gone before you can listen to all of them you can download them take them with you when you go out you know i love listening to podcasts on the road because you learn so much your subconscious is just listening and learning and hearing and so don't forget that you can go on over to our website and you can listen to any of our podcasts from the breakfast show to tc's yellow mic you know what everything's up and on there so don't forget to take us along with you when you are you know looking for a bit of a podcast to listen to it's been so good to be with you next week i'm joined by kelly slingers and she is the founder of the plane project an incredible incredible organization doing some amazing things in our most unreached communities who have such big needs can't wait to be with her and you next week see you then This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.